welcome to this week's podcast. Now we're gonna we're gonna take a look at those that have inspired us. So we Sorry, thought we would series. go down this series, mm-hmm. and we only found one person, so that's you. <laughs> now we have a whole list of people that we'd like to bring in and, and that have inspired us over the years. Um, but we always start with uh, our weekend review of the four pillars. There are mm-hmm. breathe, eat, move, sleep. Mm-hmm. So how, how did we do? Well, it was a fun weekend with our yoga teacher training. Oh, so we spent a lot of time breathing, meditating. Yeah. That's always a wonderful weekend. And this was our energy weekend, which mm-hmm. is amazing. It's, we it's absolutely really love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so for those that don't know, it's our Friday. We do a Friday evening, all day Saturday, and then a Sunday morning. Yeah. But it, it is truly touching to watch how when you immerse into yourself, mm-hmm. what happens, what unfolds naturally within all of us. Uh, it is really neat to watch. Healing at so many levels Definitely. that we just don't understand yet. Um, but so neat to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. Eat, let's see, eat. Eat. Yeah, what's going on with the eat thing? I've been, um, of course, now no dairy. <laughs> Uh, but we're, I'm doing the Thorn Metaclear. I do like that. I forgot. That morning. is a good one. And really beefing them up with fruits and veggies. And then I cheat once a, in a while and have like an egg. Ooh, uh, cheat. Because it has been, that's kind of my cheat for anyone else that cheats sometimes. Um, eggs are good. I know, but I'm allergic to them. Oh, oh I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, yeah, I was going to say. I thought they were good too. And the movies. <laughs> We've been doing much better with the move. We've been getting up and getting our 14 minutes of target heart rate every day. That has helped. Good. It's too dark out at night, and then we're tired mm-hmm. when we get home. So I'm not motivated at night. That has, it has helped to getting in the up morning in the morning. And then the sleep, I've noticed that just exercising more is making me sleep better. Yes. I've almost it's put that me. one at the front. Mm-hmm. As your priority. You were, as you were kind of working on helping with, mm-hmm. you know, getting this thing back into balance, then I've really put a lot of uh, importance on the sleep pillar. Mm-hmm. And it's made a big, big difference on the, uh, the quality of the brain for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the heart. I heard this week on TV mm-hmm. that they're finding there is a connection between the time when people go to bed at night mm-hmm. and those who maybe have heart conditions and problems. And they said the best time to go to bed is between 10 and 11 every night. It was very interesting. And it particularly affected women. Hmm. And if you went to bed after midnight, that affected the heart. And if you hmm. go to bed before 10, that really? also affects That's the heart. That's so fascinating. So it has that to do a, with like hormones maybe? Very and like interesting. Very interesting. But cortisol. the doctor was saying the heart needs to rest, mm-hmm. just like the rest of right, the body. Right. So I thought that was interesting, that window between 10 mm-hmm. and 11 at mm-hmm. night, which We're is when I use It's easier to get to bed too. at 10 now for mm-hmm. us because mm-hmm. it's dark at 5. Yeah, <laughs> so that is true. You've got five hours of your brain yes. going, aren't you in bed? Are you <laughs> sleeping? Why don't you go to sleep? Right? That has been helpful because yeah. we are going to bed a lot earlier now. A signal to our pineal gland. Yeah. yeah. So we wanted to invite you in today, well, thank and you. Um, so you you hit the list with someone that's inspired us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to think about when Amy and I were thinking, okay, well, how did we get here? Obviously, you played a big part of that. 
Maybe you should introduce her for oh, those and that this don't know is, who this oh, is. Oh, that's true. This is Linda Bannon. This is my mother. Yes. And um, and so I've known you for a while. I guess my whole life, actually. Yes. Um, and and so I know that Amy and I, um, in reflecting, it's like, yeah, you you were a big, uh, you know, part of of me, kind of being introduced to yoga and just this body mind spirit connection. And that has led into this long list of where we are today, mm-hmm. right? Wellness uh, but journey. I don't want to mm-hmm. just get into that. I mean, what what kind of got you into this groove of holistic living? You think what mm-hmm. inspired you mm-hmm. to walk this path? You were chatting well, with it with me yesterday, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I was. Well, I want to say welcome to everyone that's joining us. And I really hope that uh, you will be able to benefit from what we're discussing today. Because that's the main point of all of it, is we truly are here to help others, to benefit others, but mainly we have to start with ourselves. Mm -hmm. And I guess when I was in my late 20s, I began to question I had questions (laughs) that weren't being answered by anyone that I knew whether it be the church or friends that I knew or so I found myself asking the question what is my purpose why am I here who am I I mean I journal that down put at the top Hmm. who am I I am a child of God I am a mother I am a spouse I am and I'd write down things that I am I still wasn't tapping into who am I what is my purpose in life and I think that because of that it stirred within me an eager as a woman once told me a divine discontent there was something in me that was stirring it wasn't physical I realized it was more spiritual and it was a spiritual longing of what life was really about. So um, I, at that time, started reading some books. One was Be Here Now by Ram Dass. Uh, the Only Dance There Is by Ram Dass. Uh, I started reading a lot of Joel Goldsmith, Living Between Two Worlds. So I found that if I kept myself open, there would be a teacher that came to me, whether it be through a book, physically, could be my spouse, could have been my children, but being open, and I think that's the main thing, is staying open and receptive to what might be coming to you and not judging it. So... uh, There was a little article in the newspaper that said they were going to have a yoga class. And I'd heard about yoga. I didn't know that much about it, but I was kind of drawn to it. It was a funny word back then. Oh, oh yeah, it was. Oh, you doing the yoga stuff. And people would go, yoga, woo, Linda. (laughs) And what year-ish was this? And we're talking late 60s, early 70s. Uh Mm -hmm. And no one, I mean, it was really kind of weird (laughs) so um, 
There was a little article in the paper at the Human Aid Center in Anderson. They were offering a yoga class. And they were offering it to those who were addicted. And it was for addicts. So I said something to my husband at that time. And he said, well, I think it'd be great, but I don't want you to go alone. I want you to go with somebody. I said, okay. So I called my sister. Vicki, <laughs> would you go to a yoga class with me? She said, yeah, I guess I'll go. So we went to the class. It was a six-week class. There were six people in class, Vicki and I and four others. And uh, at the end of six weeks, I was the only one still in class. Wow. <laughs> and I was sitting there cross-legged in my little yoga position, across from the teacher who was cross-legged sitting in her yoga position, and I felt sorry for her. I didn't say it. And she said to me, don't feel sorry for me because there's a reason why I'm here and you're here. And I realize now that that was the beginning Mm -hmm. of my journey into wellness, consciousness, serving, loving others in a broader way. Your purpose. Yeah, it was my purpose. Yeah, I found a purpose. (laughs) And that's what I was looking for, was a purpose. Divine discontent. Yeah. Yeah. So listen to that small voice within you that says there's got to be more. I mean, I was happy in my life. I was happy with my life, my husband, but it was about me. There was Mm -hmm. something in me that needed more. And I always so thought you were that, just trying to get away from me. <laughs> <laughs> you said I was your most challenging child. Well, you were. It probably helped her cope you were. with we you. Were. It did. It did. I was trying to remember, Mom. So you were teaching yoga in churches, I think. Yes. Because you, yeah, you were I doing did. this on your own. Well, I did. You I did I, the, to the, at the Y. Yoga. I, I was teaching up at the Y and in churches, and then I went to Kripalu. And I had an opportunity to do a teacher training program there in Lenox, yeah. Massachusetts wow. at Kripalu. Wow. And uh, it just introduced me more to books, using books as a teacher. Mm-hmm. I mean, I loved Joel Goldsmith. I began to read Babaji's books, mm-hmm. Amrit Desai's books. It was just helpful to me in my journey. I started going to a meditation class once a week, and that was very helpful to me. Mm-hmm. Because I realized I got into yoga physically, which I think a lot of people get into yoga because mm-hmm. they want the movement, the flexibility, the strength. But yoga is so many more aspects to and yoga. Layers to it. Right. And so I went in physically thinking that that's what I wanted. And then I discovered the deeper aspects of meditation, contemplation, and uh, I it couldn't remember me. when. And then you did the um, course. Then you started. When did you get your massage therapy certification? Yeah. Yes, I did. Because you taught that for a long time. Right. Right. High school. Back when Chad, I think we were in yeah. college. You kind of started. Well, that. when Chad was in high school. I thought, I have got to invest in myself because I'm going to have three children in college within the next eight years. 
And I had been fortunate enough to stay home and be with the children, but I wanted to do more. And that's when I looked into massage training and I went to massage school. And when he started Purdue that fall, I started giving massages that winter. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and I found a way to serve people, which is what I was looking mm -hmm. for. It's so interesting because he graduated '82, so it was back '82. Right, right, it was '82 wow. at that time. Yeah. So a ten years wow. had kind of happened yeah. between the '70 to '80, and during that ten years, there was a lot going on with me. I was developing a broader sense of consciousness, of awareness. Mm -hmm. I call it awareness, really. So um, then I started uh, giving massages. And from there, I had an opportunity with another massage therapist to open a massage mm -hmm. school in Muncie, Indiana. Mm -hmm. And I had the massage school. That was neat. So I had my yoga and I had my massage. Mm -hmm. And from there, I went into Reiki energy work and became a Reiki master. Mm -hmm. So, geez. Such a healing good. touch. I, I really, I think, what, I was 14 when I started dating Eric and got to become a part of your guys' family yeah. really from then on out and I just remember <laughs> we were talking about this last night that um, even then people would sprain their ankle or something like I just remember you working on a lot of our friends and the family and the kids and right. your clients and right. the not just the massage but the energy work mm -hmm. that I really think was such a huge part of healing and um, me getting to experience that and Eric getting to experience that being just part of the way of our life like we kind of took it for granted you know we were thinking yeah. back like how yeah. we me being from Lapel, him being from Anderson but we were both raised with this openness from yes. both of our families right. to be right. open to alternative ways of healing you don't right. always have to run to an aspirin or a you know ibuprofen right. to fix everything right. and really looking at the body, trying to get the body into balance. And so it's really neat, the um, path that was laid for us back then that yeah. I don't think we even realized, none of us realized at the time, how we would end up together. And, and then we ended up, um, you and Eric and I decided, gosh, 2006, right. to right. start a full Blown Wellness Center. Mm -hmm. That had been something, so I guess maybe talk about that. Was that something that you'd always <coughs> dreamed of? I always had a vision of that. Vision? That's what I wanted. Mm -hmm. I had a vision way at the very beginning that I wanted a center where I could really serve people mm -hmm. because in my mind, service was what my purpose was going to be, is to serve. And I realized that uh, this opportunity was there between the two of you doing it. <laughs> and I am forever thankful mm, for that. I am too. We are I too. I am forever thankful. Especially going on and having a yoga teacher training program. 2010. Yeah. Which mm -hmm. Eric went ahead and mm -hmm. did. And we had our Pathways to Wellness and Shamrock Wellness mm -hmm. and On to Opt to Live. Amy I involved know. this whole time. Yeah, so. I think when I look at what we kind of do today, um, I know there's some people are like, oh, you know, that seems like a lot of work, but I don't, we don't see it mm -hmm. as, we're, I think all three of us operate in this uh, circle of service to others. Mm -hmm. um, 
it seems effortless, mm -hmm. you know, or I don't know, it doesn't even seem like a job. Right. If you, I agree. You know, for, I think a lot of people are like, oh, I have to go to work today. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think we wake up excited, like, okay, let's see what's going to happen today. <laughs> there is stuff that happens every day, it seems like. But, <laughs> you know, you work through it, and, and at the end of the day, um, helping people to uh, realize this higher quality of life uh, and in it, maybe the essence of who they are. Again, back to you know your uh, divine discontent piece. Right. Mm -hmm. right. Uh, Follow that small little voice within. There's a voice within you that urges you to look for more, to want more. It's a the spiritual aspect of who we are. We have our physical body, emotional, mental, but we have a spiritual body. And that's a divine thing that we're seeking, mm -hmm. something higher. I've always been um, amazed, and of course I've spent, um, I mean, Amy, you've had a lot of patients that have had um, cancer. Um, I spent a whole year with Nancy Shock down at the IU Cancer yes. Center, rounded on patients and, and all this, and it's, uh, it can be a challenging time for people. Right. depending on the modalities that they use for the healing of, of that disease. Um, but to watch you, um, you know, be diagnosed with lung cancer, which uh, I know your brother joked, oh, Na Amy, I always heard, Linda, I always knew you were out behind the shed right. smoking. Yeah, smoking. But, you know, to not smoke, and there is two different types of lung cancer, right. so obviously you had the one that was not the smoking one. Right. Um, but, you know, so that was kind of interesting for someone that's been this healthy. Right. But to recognize definitely in our environment that is top full of toxins, um, even though we're doing our best, sometimes it's um, we can still be impacted by uh, the toxins and the chemicals that are around us. But the point is, is that you had this and um, right. to watch you go through that whole process of that normally, of course, there's a lot of emotional stuff for a lot of people when they get diagnosed. Mm -hmm. And to watch you see this as, well, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. um, and then to get to the point to where you start down the journey of integrating these different modalities. Mm -hmm. And the first one was the, because um, they did the surgery did they do the chemo first? No. Surgery. They did the surgery first. <laughs> sure, no. first. <laughs> no, don't we? Um, and then, and to remove this left upper lobe. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, so then the healing process of that. So we got to spend some time with you after that. Yes, I was very But thankful. then when the uh, chemo came on board, it was, I remember meeting with the doctor and, and he was like, oh, just so you know, you know, this is the chemo. Uh, drug that gave chemotherapy kind of the bad name and mm -hmm. we're like oh boy <laughs> this is <laughs> this could be bad but then to watch you and you used um, visualizations mm -hmm. of Pac-Man mm -hmm. tell us about what you did because <laughs> to watch you go through this I'm like is mom even are they even putting amazing. chemotherapy in you because I'd never seen anyone go through yeah. it like this ever yeah. in my life yeah. and we've both seen a ton mm -hmm. of people go through this yeah. Oh, I take a deep breath and think back at that time. Well, I realized I, I was so thankful for the surgery and having the cancer removed. And the next step 
And, and I accepted that. Was I happy about it? No. <laughs> but in life, we have to learn to first be aware, oh, okay, I've got cancer. You have to accept it, and then you adjust to it. And so I was adjusting to that. And when the chemo started, I realized that cancer had been in me, was in me, but cancer was not me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was, it was not me. Mm -hmm. It was in there, but it wasn't me. It didn't belong there. And so I was ne never fearful of it. Isn't that interesting? That is. I never feared the cancer. I accepted it, that it was there, but not a part of me. And every time I got my chemo treatments, I would visualize, like Eric said, I would visualize the Pac-Man going along and knowing that it was the chemo, and it would ingest the cancer that was in there, but it never touched any of the healthy cells. So it went along and it was very careful. It would go along if it saw cancer, it would go ahead and ingest it, and all the tissue around it stayed healthy. And I visualized that over and over and over again. I also at that time began to do Reiki energy work on myself and feeling the pranic energy that was in my body, a healing energy that is unseen that surrounds all of us. And I, I began doing that every day. I continue to do Reiki every day on my body, every day. And I continue to recognize that I'm not fearful of cancer and that it's not part of me. And for some reason, there was a lesson for me to learn the fact that I became exposed to it and attached to it, but it wasn't part of me. Yeah, it so, was powerful to witness. And I think was. for many that are listening, um, of course, we've used the term prana or reiki, yeah. right? Yeah. It's technique. But prana, um, depending on the culture, Right. right, is a term That's we true. use in yoga a lot of times, but right. um, just like you know, different cultures use different terms or different mm -hmm. languages use different terms. So that would be an unseen energy. Right. Uh, others might call that the Holy Spirit, right. or Chi, or whatever the unseen mm -hmm. energy is mm -hmm. that uh, quantum physics now is starting to, you know, help us to understand. Yes, this stuff is really there. Mm -hmm. um, and so, and then you went on, and so that blew my mind. Amy and I were like, it was unbelievable. maybe they're not it giving really it to us. What, what is happening here? Um, and then you went on with the radiation. Right. And, um, and that was. Which I was thankful for. And every time I went, which I went every day for 28 days. Mm -hmm. And I didn't go on the weekends. I went 28 days. I was thankful for the people that were there. Again, I did visualization, I visualized. I visualized the radiation only affecting that area of my body that needed to be addressed for possible cancer that could have been left in there, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. didn't belong there, mm -hmm. that wasn't supposed to be there. 
and I would just visualize that every time that machine went around my body. I would visualize that. And I was very thankful to those who really were a part of it. Mm -hmm. and, and to this day, every morning when I do my Reiki, I'm thankful to the surgeon, to the chemo doctor, and the chemotherapy itself. I'm thankful for the chemotherapy. Mm -hmm. And I'm thankful for the radiation that I received and for all of those that helped me with radiation. Mm -hmm. Every day I'm thankful to yeah, It was you. amazing to watch. Um, you know, you go through that. And now you're back to giving massage again. Now, right. How old are you? Giving massage at what age? Well, I didn't know this was part of the program. <laughs> you don't have to answer that, Linda. <laughs> well, really? Well, well, I'm 77, and I feel I re feel really good. And you're still giving massage me. there. Yeah, I am. Mm -hmm. I'm giving massages. And I'm so thankful I can do that again mm -hmm. because I want to serve. That was my purpose mm -hmm. is to serve, to know, love, and serve one another. Mm -hmm. So I'm thankful for that. So what do you think? What's the secret? You know, it's so so common that people do own a diagnosis or a disease or they are afraid or they're yeah. bad. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's a, that's a big question, isn't it? But I, it is. I guess it probably goes way back to your, your searching and your discoveries along the way through your yoga. Yeah, that's a, that's a powerful question, mm -hmm. really. Mm -hmm. I think that what we have to become aware of in life is not attaching ourselves to things that we don't really want in our life. So many people get attached and they can't let go. And uh, so many people are fearful. And I guess I realized that anything that came to me in my life, whatever it was, I needed to accept it, learn from it, whether it be a book, a, a teacher, a situation that happens, mm -hmm. whatever it is, I've never really been fearful of it. I've always been open to receive it because there's a lesson to be learned in that situation. Mm -hmm. And it was brought to me on a divine level. So I don't yeah, know if that that's answers great. your yeah. question. <laughs> And I know watching you through the years and doing workshops with you, you do a lot of journaling. I do do a lot you of journaling. Do meditation, yes. yoga, yes. Your Reiki. It seems yes. like those are kind of the core tools. Am it, I missing any? It is. Any? No, that's exactly mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. Well, on a journey to find consciousness. I mean, it's so easy to be reactive. And I think mm -hmm. our culture today drives everyone in a reactive mode. And you've said the things that, that trigger this fear. Yes. So, of course, our media is usually fear-based. Right. So I think we've pretty much quit watching the media, uh, quit watching the news for that reason. Um, and, and as you become more conscious, then what you're trying to do is tune into this unseenness. Right. Um, versus being directed by others uh, as to how we, we are supposed to act or behave. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think that's... The difference that so you've been from that young back in the late 60s driven yeah. to to find this higher state of consciousness and from that your purpose your service 
how your actions in this world can they say right i think it was an in the in the in the the indians native indians that your actions right. impact the next seven generations, generations. of people mm-hmm. right uh, good or bad so right. i think we're trying to do the good side of <laughs> right. that right which is good mm-hmm. but to the point of you inspiring mm-hmm. us that that now you have become a ripple into us and we hope that what it we do then continues. becomes a ripple Absolutely. into those around us so mm-hmm. you know Absolutely. truly being in in that seven you know, generations of ripple. Mm -hmm. So thank you for that. Absolutely. Um, And I think the example you've done, not only for us, but our grandchildren, or your grandchildren, our children, um, because I see see that reflection in how they're living and what they're choosing to do with their life and they're they're serving others and um, joining a lot of them are on yoga journeys themselves, and it's just neat to see the it the really tools is. that they have learned through this that yeah. you probably don't even realize that yeah. it's passed down to them. And I feel like we have a responsibility. The more we know about something, the more it's up to us to share that with others. Things that work for us, we have to share mm-hmm. what we know with others. It's part of the journey in life. Mm -hmm. So don't be fearful about, oh, I can't share that. Those who are open will receive it. Those who aren't won't. And I always am comfortable with that. Mm -hmm. They say don't throw your pearls among swine. So you kind of begin to know who you can share with, Mm -hmm. who is open. Mm -hmm. So stay open and receptive. For divine guidance all of your life. I love it. I well, that was too. great. Well, thank you for sharing this today. Thank we you are for having so me. grateful. Thank you. Um, and of course, this we uh, are sending these things out a couple times uh, a month. So, um, you know, if you have any topics, throw them over. We're happy to, mm-hmm. um, you know, entertain those. But I think for the next few, uh, maybe months or so, we've got some people that we want to bring in. People and things. Yeah, people and things. People That's true. We got things, things we coming got up. Other, yeah, like other books stuff. Or podcasts. Or That's other right. Things that we inspire us. So. That's right. So we're wishing everyone a wonderful day. Take care. Thank you. God bless. Mm-hmm.